Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Manager Confidential. Thank you for spending time listening to this episode. Social media managers don't have a lot of time, and the fact that you're choosing to spend yours with me really means a lot to both me and my podcast manager. Every single podcast listen and DM helps us keep this going for you. Today, I got to sit down and talk to Yasmin Salem Hamden, an award-winning entrepreneur and intellectual property attorney based in Dallas, Texas. She's the founder of coachesandcompany.com, where she's revolutionizing legal support for entrepreneurs by offering plug-and-play legal solutions and lawyer-created business contracts without the hefty law firm fees. Her innovative approach has helped thousands of entrepreneurs safeguard their businesses and financial futures. Yasmin also hosts the Business of Doing Business podcast, where she shares bite-sized lessons and invaluable insights catering to modern entrepreneurs. Her contributions have earned recognition from prestigious platforms like Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, Thinkific, and Dallas Startup Week. Yasmin's mission is to help entrepreneurs everywhere build their own protected and profitable businesses in order to create a positive impact on the world and financial independence for themselves. I love Yasmin. I use Yasmin's coaches and company templates all the time for every single contract within my business. And we'll talk more about that. But what we also talk about and what you're going to take away from this episode is how to navigate legal stuff as a social media manager, common mistakes that we make in our contracts, what to do if a client bails on a contract, hiring account managers as an agency owner, avoiding infringement situations, addressing legal stuff for your clients, so much more. This is going to be a great episode and you're going to want to take a lot of notes. So here we go. Social media management is notorious for being high pressure, competitive, and changing literally every day, which is why it isn't surprising that most social media managers get burned out within the first two years. So how do you keep going? How do you stay up with the latest updates, protect your mental health, and build a successful social media management business that supports your lifestyle goals? Whether that's working from home with your kiddos or jet-setting around the world, that's what this show is all about. Welcome to Social Media Manager Confidential. I'm Shantae Gorman, founder of a six-figure social media management agency and mentor to social media managers. And I'm here to dish on the ins and outs of the social media management world without any of the gatekeeping that can come along with it. You'll learn, you'll laugh, and you'll leave each episode inspired. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everyone, I'm here with Yasmin. Hi Yasmin, how are you? Hey Shante, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I am so excited because I know you're already going to bring it with so much information for everyone. They better have their pens and papers ready to take notes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So without making anybody wait any longer, let's just kind of dive in of how to navigate legal stuff as a social media manager who runs their own business. We are business owners. We need to have contracts and legal things in place to protect us and our clients. So I wanted to start off with what are common mistakes you see when it comes to social media managers, even like using contracts? Yeah, I would say contracts are many times the first stop. That's the first place to begin many times when you are wanting to start that social media management agency business, whether you're freelancing or you have a team, whether you're working with one client or planning to take on, you know, a whole roster of clients. 
having the terms of your relationships in writing is key. And that doesn't only extend to your clients. It extends to anybody you're working with professionally. Anytime money's changing hands, anytime there's an obligation or there are expectations on one side or the other, having it in writing is a necessity. Having a contract is a non-negotiable. So that is that is a mistake that a lot of people tend to make in the early days is they think, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying it out or Maybe, uh, you know, I know this person really well that I'm planning to do business with, whether I'm planning to hire them or I'm planning to, you know, provide services to them. So we don't really need to have a, a formal, that's a little too formal, it's a little much, you know, and yeah. And you very quickly learn, okay, I actually, it's going to do me a lot of good to have the terms of our relationships in writing. And and it's not just to my benefit, a good contract should benefit everybody involved. And so all mm-hmm. parties are clear on what the expectations are, what each party's obligations are, and how to navigate different situations that inevitably pop up in doing business and in working with clients. There are certain things that just come with the territory and you don't have to leave those things to chance. You can actually plan for those and have written policies in place and be prepared to, okay, let's refer to the contract. Like, Let's see how what we agreed to when it came to a late payment, when it came to revisions and, you know, how many revisions or how much time is dedicated to that. You know, if there are requests for additional calls, for example, or additional meetings, what does that look like? We can agree to all those terms in advance. And that way you're not having to negotiate that in real time, which can sometimes go south depending on the nature of the conversation and the parties. And there are a lot of factors involved, but yeah, that is one of the things, that's one of the first things. And that's many times, like I said, the first stop when you're wanting to legitimize your business and approach things more professionally is having all of your relationships in writing. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things when I get, I always get DMs from people being like, oh no, like a client is asking me X, Y, and Z, like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, what does your contract say? Do you have a contract? That's the very first thing I ask because that's music to my ears, Shante. <laughs> What did you agree to legally? What's in writing? Yes. Where are we with that? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the first place you go. Yeah. So you need to have one. You need to. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So if if a client, God forbid, if a client fails on their contract for whatever reason, what are our options as social media managers? Oh, okay. This is a good question. So if you find your, so let's say you have a client, you guys have a contract, you've agreed to, well, I'm curious to hear from you and what you see in the industry as far as, is it typically a month to month type of agreement? Or are you typically, you know, let's do a three month contract or a six month contract right out the gate. And then, you know, from there it can be renewed for a term or it can be renewed month to month. I've seen both. Again, I'm interested in hearing, you know, what you're seeing out here, but it really depends on a number of factors how you might decide to proceed and navigate. If you find that the client, you know, just signed the contract and then a few days later, like, actually, okay, I just like, I don't, I haven't paid anything yet. I don't want to move forward. You want to assess, have I invested anything at this point? Like, have we already spent money and time and resource, you know, our team's resources on delivering on this? If so, I want to talk to you about why you're doing that before you got paid, but that's another <laughs> conversation. Let's say they did pay and, you know, maybe they paid in part or maybe they paid for the first month and then they have two months left on the contract and they decide, you know, we don't want to move forward. 
you can include that in your contract. You know, what happens if they decide they want to break the contract? They want to end service or terminate. Maybe that looks like a prorated amount. And so if they still owe based on the amount of service that has been provided, they would just pay that remaining balance or whatever portion of it. Those are things you can include in your contract. That way you can have something to very easily point to like, okay, you want to terminate the agreement? Let's look at what we already agreed would be in place. You know, so that is your first line of defense. It really is, is your contract, which is why I'll shout it from the rooftops all day long. I mean, you and me both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine because you've seen it in so many instances. Yeah, yeah. And I've even had past clients who have tried to, you know, be like, oh, well, we'll end our work early. And then I'll be like, well... As per the contract and part section, blah, 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 blah. And yep. I'll screenshot it for them. Yeah. And shout out to you. You, I get all my contracts from you. <laughs> Thank you. That is also music to my ears. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Every time somebody is protecting themselves legally, it is just, it, you know, it's, it's a part of our mission is helping people do what it is they want to do in business. And you already know there are so many different things that you can do in business. There are so many different ways that you can sell services and digital products and you know make a positive impact by leveraging your skills and then also create financial independence for yourself as a business owner and entrepreneur, which I think is so powerful. And so any way that we're able to help people do it in a more legitimate way, in a more protected way, it also affects your confidence showing up in your business. And just like you said, being able to say, you know what? I'm going to point it out in the contract because we agreed to this and I'm proud of this contract. I stand by this contract. I know that it's not something that somebody is going to, you know, be able to pick apart because I'm not sure of it. I don't even know where I got it from or I pieced it together from various sources on the internet, which, you know, no no shame or shade to anybody that has done that or maybe your current contract looks like that. A lot of people start there and it's a matter of, you know, self-awareness when it comes to your business and your, your legal foundation and taking those steps that are part of our mission is also to make it more accessible. So, you know, sometimes that looks like seeking legal advice. Sometimes that looks like seeking resources like lawyer created contracts that are specific to your business. And it might seem a little intimidating. And I know that for some people, you know, the legal stuff is just, I'd rather not you know, just like out of it, but you're capable, you know, if you're listening to this, I want you to know you're capable of doing this and you're not the first entrepreneur to do it. And you're certainly not the last. And there are tons of resources out there that can help make it an easier process for you. Yes, exactly. So now that we've talked about clients, let's switch a little bit and talk about hiring account managers or like contractors as an agency owner. What does that look like legally? Ooh, okay. So What it comes down to is when you have somebody that you're hiring to deliver services on your behalf, you are responsible for their work and for the things that they're doing. And and that can be to varying degrees if they're an employee, if they're a contractor. And then there are things to consider as far as should they be classified as an employee or should they be classified as a contractor? So that's one thing to add to your list of, let me evaluate this as I navigate hiring. Are they an employee? Are they a contractor? And then what does your contract look like with them? What does the written agreement look like between you and that person you're bringing on? If it is an account manager, they're going to be servicing your clients, you know, and representing your company. And so it's likely that they will be employees depending on, you know, the structure of every business is different. Yeah. But depending on the structure of your relationship and and the business operations, 
you'll want to have a contract in place with that individual, with the account manager. And there are a number of things that should be included in that agreement. Some things off the top of my head, I'm thinking about, um, you know, solicitation of clients. That's something that you want to make sure is very clear that, you know, if they start working with a client through your agency as a representative or as an agent of your agency, as that account manager, they can't take the client and run off. You know, you want to make sure that's in writing. You can also have include language around exclusivity of your team and contractors. And that way, sometimes people have, they might have a side hustle. Maybe your account manager has their own marketing side hustle, or maybe they have an existing agency or, you know, a a boutique practice or studio. I know there are a lot of different terms for it. And sometimes people simply freelance on the side. And so you want to be really clear as to how they can use the resources within your business too. Um, whether that's software or, you know, even the communications platforms that you guys use, um, the different tools that you use to render your services within the agency. I'm going to slide right in here and interrupt for just a moment to let you know that you are personally invited to join the Sugar Punch community for social media managers. Inside this community, social media managers like you come together to meet and support one another, get answers to burning questions, and build a thriving social media management business. It's 100% free, plus you'll get access to exclusive trainings and resources, be invited to special events, participate in fun challenges, get added to our social media manager directory, and more. Create your free account by going to community.sugarpunchmarketing.com. I'll link it in the show notes for you. See you inside. Now back to today's episode. And then another thing that comes to mind for the contract is also around originality of content and being very clear around ownership of intellectual property. Because under the law, whoever creates the content owns the right to that content. So if if you create original content, whether I'm creating it myself to publish on my own platform or within my own business, or maybe I'm creating it for a client of mine, or maybe my employer, you own the rights to that content. It's called copyright. So you own the copyright asset, except when you're an employee, your contract is going to say that the company owns that content. So if you are operating in a contractor relationship, by default, the default of the law is the contractor owns the content unless they expressly transfer ownership of it. And so That ownership might be transferred to you as the company that might be transferred to the client. That's also a conversation you'll have with your client at some point, or at least you should, right? Is okay. we're creating a lot of original content for you. Who owns the rights to this content? Maybe you want to retain ownership of it and you're licensing it to the client. Maybe you are happy to transfer ownership of it exclusively to the client. I veered off a bit there, but there's a lot of overlap. You know, there's (laughs) a lot of overlap. Yeah. It's all connected. It's all connected. It is. I love it. And I think that just leads us really nicely into like how to avoid infringement situations when creating content for social. Great question. And it's something that people, I would say probably 99% of people run into if you're doing business and marketing (laughs) online. Yeah. You're going to run into infringement situations and you could be on one side or the other. I've been on both, certainly never intentionally, but it doesn't require intentionality to infringe, you know? So you want to really be aware of what intellectual property is. And that is a term that some people are might be hearing for the first time, and that's okay. Some people are might be thinking, okay, I've heard of IP, I've heard of intellectual property, I'm not totally sure what falls under intellectual property. And I know there's a bunch of different kinds. And so the main 
types of intellectual property that you'll be interacting with as a social media manager, as an entrepreneur, as somebody that's engaged in digital marketing are trademarks and copyrights. So these are two types of intellectual property assets. I'm going to say IP assets. IP is for intellectual property. It's a bit of a mouthful. It's like 12 yeah. <laughs> So let's say IP. So the two kinds of IP that you'll want to be familiar with, trademark assets and copyright assets. I like to picture, to illustrate the concept of trademarks and copyrights, I like to picture a present or a package of some sort. And there's a wrapping paper around the package, and then there's something inside of the package. The wrapping paper outside of the package or the the labels or the packaging, those are your trademark assets. Those are your brand name, the company name, the logo, the slogan, the colors, the tagline. It identifies the source of the product or service that's being sold. When you see that trademark, again, the name, the logo, the slogan, the tagline, the colors, you automatically associate that with a specific brand or a specific company. So you don't even need to see what's inside to know, I know where this is coming from. And then when you open it up and you look inside, you see all of the content, you see the literal contents of the box, but that's content. And those are copyright assets. So that is original works of art or authorship. So this might be written content. This might be audio content. This might be video content. It might be in the form of emails or blog posts or YouTube videos or podcast episodes or songs or books or anything that's an original work of art or authorship. And so those are intellectual property assets. And you're probably, you might be hearing this and my bet would be that you're hearing this and you're like, okay, I have a lot of IP already. Maybe you didn't realize it. And you're creating a lot of IP for your clients if you are in social media management and in marketing in general. And so having an understanding of IP and what that means to you as a creator, as an entrepreneur, what that means to your clients as businesses and business owners will help you and will position you in successfully navigating these conversations with clients, with contractors, with employees, um, and then making sure that you are staying on the right side of in for, you never want to be involved in an infringement situation. Right. So you want to, yeah, you want to make sure your content and your brand is protected and that you are the only one using your content and that you're the only one using your trademark assets, like your company name or your slogan or your tagline, whatever that might be. And then also anytime you are creating content or building a brand, you are not infringing on somebody else's content or brand. And so it's absolutely key to get familiar with the concept of IP. And again, it puts you in a position to be able to uh, sort of issue spot and identify those opportunities for conversations around and clarity around intellectual property and who owns what and who has the right to use the IP in whatever ways you guys are agreeing to. Yeah, definitely. What about, and I'm throwing you on the spot here, but what about like participating in like memes, like the Barbie trend that's going around? Is that infringement or is that okay? Okay. That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's such a popular thing to do. Yeah. And you see memes used commercially all the time. I see ads using memes all the time. And every time I see it, I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Like, I wonder if they'll be, you know, if this will be taken down or if the owner of this content is going to take action. Because the fact of the matter is, if you don't own the rights to a copyright asset, so a piece of content, an image, audio, something like that, which images and audio are both used a lot in social media marketing. 
music, and then also just random audios that somebody owns the rights to, presumably. And so when we're seeing people use the memes commercially or use the audios commercially or use the songs commercially, that is likely a form of infringement. Now, practically speak, so the reason why, let me say this, the reason why it is a form of infringement is because somebody owns the right to that copyright asset and you could use it commercially if they licensed the use of that to you. If they expressly said, okay, yes, you can use this commercially, there would be no problem. You can use that commercially. And people and companies do that all the time. You know, Nike will run a commercial and they'll have a song, a very popular song um, playing in the background, or maybe they have different illustrations or visual graphic that, you know, are from various creators. There are so many different ways that companies license IP in order to use it for marketing purposes. But there are a lot of questionable uses on the internet. (laughs) And, you know, it's interesting, Chante, because I think that there's so much, there's so much conversation to be had around, you know, what has become accepted and what has become commonplace and maybe what has become an implied consent because enforcement can be taken, but the likelihood of it being enforced, it appears is low. However, we have seen instances of copyright owners pursuing legal action for infringement. So it's not that it's unheard of. It does happen. It's just at such a wide scale that we see copyright infringement happening and the use of music for social media promoting, right? So, and that's another thing. Um, That's another thing to to touch on, if I may, as it relates to this, because I don't want you to think that you can never use any type of meme online or you can never use any type of music and, you know, content you publish online. Where I would steer clear is using copyrighted music or copyrighted images in connection with commercial activity, specifically promoting a paid offer, promoting something that is self-serving to the person or the company posting it. So I would not use, you know, a very popular song or any copyrighted music that I don't have the license to use in an advertisement or in a reel or in, um, you know, imagery on something, on an ad that I'm running, I would make sure that I have the rights to use all of that. Because as soon as you enter the space of, okay, you're leveraging this commercially, there's money there. So there's a higher likelihood of legal action being taken against you. So there are a lot of places, and I'm sure you're plenty familiar with all the places that you can find royalty-free music, or you know, you get commercial licenses with with a small fee, so many of them that don't require a fee for both stock photos and imagery. I've even seen video, stock video footage. So there are a lot of options and there are ways to avoid it. And I recommend doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, same. (laughs) So now when it comes to Like, so we know this as social media managers and we kind of know, you know, what's okay and what's not. How do we address this with our clients without like giving them actual legal advice? Yeah. So I would say certainly steer clear of providing any legal advice. And so if there is an instance or a situation that's hot right now, you know, there are allegations being made of infringement or somebody's making an allegation against your client, or your client is needing to make an allegation against somebody else. I would stay out of that and just say, you know, talk to your lawyer. You, I recommend you consult with an attorney. I would not, you know, get in the middle of that or get involved in that if I were the social media manager in the situation. Um, so that's one. 
Now, ideally, there are conversations being had before that situation ever arises. And then there are, as we've discussed, situations to or different topics to talk about with your clients. And so if you find that you are wanting to communicate to your client, they're asking you to use this meme or this image to promote something commercially, you can state it to them very plainly that it's against your company's policy to use to commit copyright infringement, which we believe this would be us committing copyright infringement if we use this copyrighted work or if we, you know, publish this music along this video or whatever that situation looks like, whatever the specifics are. So I would be straightforward with them and let them know. And it helps to state, you know, it's against our company policy to do so. And you can and should put that in writing and in your contract. You know, our contracts include language around the client agreeing to only provide you with original content. So they're agreeing to not provide you with any copyrighted content. And also it it includes language around the social media management agency or individual providing the service that they agreed only produce original content and to not use anything that, you know, requires a license of some sort without securing that license. And so communication is key. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And actually what I really love about your contracts, cause like I said, I use them for everything for like the people working for me and then also for my clients. But I really like that. It's like pretty easy to understand like the language, like you can read it and like know what it means. And then I really liked the PDF guide that came with it of like, here's the color-coded things, here's what you need to fill in, here's how to customize it, here's what this means, here's some options. Like I, in my opinion, like yours are the best contract templates that are out there. I've looked at a few others, but like yours covers all of the situations that I've ever needed to arise. And like, it's easy to customize, it's easy to understand, it's very usable. So just wanted to give you props to you for doing all of that. Thank you so much. I That just fills me up with so much joy. I have to let you know that. When you said that it just made it so easy for you and you could just go in and know exactly what you needed to do because it was in plain language and it provided all the instruction you needed and that it covered all the situations that you've had to face. I'm just like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm doing something right. <laughs> because that is the common experience across the board for entrepreneurs is they're like, okay, I know I need a contract. I'm not in debate about that. I I recognize I do, but I don't know what the hell this contract is saying. I don't know what this means. I don't know. You know, there's this weird, like, whereas heretofore, there into like all the weird legal language that I'm like, why are, why? Like normal people are reading this. (laughs) So you want to make sure that, and also a common situation that people face is you know, you'll present the contract to a client and then the client asks about something in the contract and asks you to explain. And you're just like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't, I could not even explain. (laughs) And that's never a good look as a professional. You know, you never want to be in that position. So thank you so much for sharing that feedback. I really appreciate you, Shantae. And I am so grateful for the opportunity to serve entrepreneurs. And I love this incredible community that you're building and you have just an awesome track record. And it's an honor to know you and and to collaborate with you. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I appreciate you coming on here. I know this was really helpful for everyone. And I also am going to like link your shop and all of the contracts and stuff that you have for everyone that I recommend in the show notes. But in addition to that, where can people find you? 
Yes. So thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate you. This was so fun. And I hope that it was helpful to everyone. So you can find me on Instagram at Coaches and Company. You can also find me on LinkedIn. And I would love to hear from you on threads if you're on there. And then, yeah, our website is coachesandcompany.com. I think we should have a code for you guys with Shantae. Yes, you set one yes. up, right? Yes, there's a code. You Yay. get 50 bucks off if you use my name. And so I'll link that. All the info's in the show notes for you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, Shantae. Uh, oh my gosh, that was such a good episode. Go pop over to Yasmin's social. Say hi. Let her know you listened to the episode and that you loved it. And as a reminder, I do have an affiliate code where you can take $50 off any purchase from Coaches and Company using my name, Shantae, S-H-A-N-T-E. I'll link that in the show notes for you so that you have it as well. And if you have any friends who are social media managers and they need some help with legal stuff or just, you know, to feel not so alone, share the link to this episode with them and help them out. And if you're not already following this podcast, make sure you hit the follow button or the plus button in Apple Podcasts so you can get brand new episodes delivered straight to your podcast app every Friday. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Learn more about my digital template shop, online courses, and mentorship program by going to my website at sugarpunchmarketing.com. And while you're there, make sure you join my safe, supportive community created exclusively for social media managers. It's 100% free to join and packed with really amazing resources, trainings, and people. See you next time.